All right, I'm so excited to be with you here this morning. We are starting a new series today, and the new series is The Power of Thanksgiving. Boy, I wonder why we're doing that. Well, it's not what you think. The occasion is that Thursday is Thanksgiving, but this is going to be a three-part series. The reason why we're doing this is not because it's a national holiday on Thursday. The reason why we're doing this series is that it's so powerful and so important. It's actually our purpose that drives why we're doing this today. Our purpose as a church is to help each one of us take steps from wherever we are to where God wants us to be. And thanksgiving isn't just a step, it's a permeating practice for all the steps. It's absolutely necessary for every one of us in our journey of transformation. The power of thanksgiving is a way of life for each of us who have responded to Jesus Christ. In fact, religion says, here's what you need to do to get to heaven. You got to do this and this and this. And oh, by the way, be thankful and praise God, blah, blah, blah. And that's how you get to heaven. Christianity says, that'll never happen. You can never work your way to heaven. All of life is a thank you for what Jesus has done. And our thank you is a way of life, and it's powerful as we respond to the power of Jesus in this way. So I'm excited about this message today, because Thanksgiving is to our spiritual life like exercise is to our physical life. Exercise helps us to become healthy. It helps us to get in shape. It helps us to become more strong and be who we want to be physically. Thanksgiving is an exercise that helps us emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and a bonus, physically, that is just so huge that we need to get a hold of the power of Thanksgiving. So this past Thursday morning, I got up and I was really excited about this message, not. (laughs) There was a problem. I had written this message and I thought it was really well put together and yet there was a problem. I was a grump. (laughs) And there was all these reasons that I was processing for why I was a grump. And yet all of those reasons that I was processing for why I was a grump is not the real reason. I mean, I was making excuses that sound like this, but I'm so stressed. There's this and this and this going on. And that was making me grumpy. How many of you have ever been into a grump slump? Okay. So you know about grump slumps. And what I was discovering is that nobody was taking me and tying me up to the grump slump stump. I'm sorry, I've read too much Dr. Seuss and I... Ah, okay, so it, it's not the circumstances that get you there. It's the way you're processing your stress and the way you're processing the stuff and the circumstances that ties you up to the grump slump stump that's found in the bottom of the valleys, right? And yet we're taught in Scripture that we don't need to internalize that while we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death with this confidence that I will fear no evil, the shepherd is with me, and on and on it goes. So there's a different way of processing all of this. So 
Thursday morning, I knew my message. It was time for me to practice my message, practice what I was about to preach. And our topic for today is crank the gear. Ah, actually, it's gears. Crank the gears of gratitude. So, okay. I've got to do this thing because I'm preaching on this. We got a whole series coming. Crank the gears of gratitude. So I'm putting on my garb to crank the gears of gratitude, which I will do frequently, and uh, put on my garb and got in my car and was pulling out to crank the gears of gratitude, and I don't feel like it, right? And I've uh, got my dog with me, which she's a real blessing to me. Um, go out to do our morning thing. It's way dark. And uh, it's, it's going to be headlamp from start to finish dark. And we were hoping to get back to a spot that we were at on Tuesday when I was in a grump slump. And God helped me out there under the stars where I shut off my headlamp. And it's just glorious to just pray and know how big he is. But I was slumped again. And I wanted to get back there. Pulled out of the driveway it's not good for a grump to see that it's totally cloudy. It's like totally cloudy. I can't even go to the stars. So I'm just going to crank up the hill and do two gears of cranking. I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk as I pray and try to crank the gears of gratitude and get out of this slump. So I get to the same spot where I was on Tuesday hoping to have a repeat experience. I'm sitting there looking up into the darkness and then I started thinking about it a little bit, and it's like, wait a minute. With these clouds above me, it should be darker. But it's actually lighter, same time in the morning. And so my mind is going, what is that? Is it, is it like the ceiling that is uh, like a, a light filter that's capturing all the stars from, from above, that's capturing this light and this ceiling above me that's making everything around me lighter than it was on Tuesday and I'm just processing? Or is it because it's so much higher that there actually ambient light from the sunrise is gonna, it's not even gonna happen for a while and it's not affecting me yet but the, it's already affecting the clouds and I'm just thinking this through and there's, I can see definition in the clouds where there's sunlight coming through the thin areas brighter than the other areas and then it hits me. There's light on the other side of the clouds. There's a sermon there. <laughs> There's light on the other side of the clouds. And I'm just blaming all the clouds for my grump slump. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. There's light on the other side of the clouds. Notice I haven't told you what my clouds were. And I'm not sure that's helpful because you have clouds. That's causing you to have a hard time seeing the light on the other side of your clouds. Where it's foggy and you don't know what's coming and it's unknown and it's causing stress and you're kind of grumpy about it and you're not sure what to do with it and you're processing and you're getting all tied up in knots. But who's doing the tying? And you're getting tied to the grump, slump, stump. Welcome, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> all right, so I knew that I had to practice this. So the cool thing is, I already knew that I had this quote, which is really fascinating. Science is catching up to theology. 
They're kind of thousands of years behind. But science is catching up to theology. There's this new science now that is prolific in writing, the science of happiness, where scientists are studying happiness and what it takes to be happy. And here's a quote. Dr. P. Dore Swamy head of biologic psychology at Duke University Medical Center, says, giving thanks is good for your health. Dr. Dore Swami says, if it were a drug, if gratitude were a drug, if giving thanks were a drug, it would be the world's best-selling product with a health maintenance indication for every major organ system. Whew! You want to start feeling good? Listen to today's sermon, all right? And don't just listen. Begin to crank on the gears of gratitude even when you don't feel like it. Now, that's the hard part. And so I believe it. I, I believe you're ready to hear more. We're going to be looking at how to be grateful when you aren't feeling it. Don't raise your hand if you're not feeling it. And let me just ask again, this time, no elbows. How many of you are in, don't raise your hands, no elbows. How many of you are in a grump slump right now? And how many of you are in a grump slump, maybe you know, more than once a week? And you know you're not feeling it in those grump slumps, and what do you do? Are you ready to hear about some things that you can do to change that? This could be the beginning of a change for you that is really significant. So let's jump right in. How to be grateful when you aren't feeling it. Point number one, practice coaching yourself. Practice coaching yourself. We're going to be looking at a couple of Psalms. We're going to be finishing out of the book of Colossians in the New Testament. We're looking at the coaching process that David does to himself. We're going to then learn some things there and then recognize that we have it even better than David does in terms of equipment and to get over this whole grump slump thing. But watch what David does in Psalms 103, 1 through 2. It reads this way, of David, praise the Lord my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. So did you notice David is talking to himself? This is coaching himself. He's saying, praise the Lord, my soul. So this is my take. He's going through rough stuff, and he's writing a song after he's been through it, or maybe while he's been through it, or he's writing a song, so he has some tools to go through the rough stuff and coach himself through it. He's saying, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He's telling his own soul what to do when he doesn't feel like doing it. That sounds like coaching. So it underscores the importance of self-reflection. Most of us get grumpy, and we actually begin to just project it out. It's the stress, it's this reason, it's that reason, you know, it's not me. <laughs> As I'm out there thinking about that, it's like, no, it is me. I'm actually, I actually, in the morning, was saying, well, you have to give me some slack here. You know the stress I'm under. It's like, excuses, right? 
And that's kind of the problem. No, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Do some self-reflection. This kind of coaching is a powerful tool. Now, we're going to jump back to this later, but I want to go to Psalm 34, 1 through 2, where it reads this way. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. This is a different kind of coaching of himself. He's not saying, like I'm learning to say, Jim, always put praise on your lips. I'm talking to myself. Jim, it's, your lips have been closed too long. And so I just made it a practice when I put my garb on to crank the gears of gratitude and I'm heading out that even as I start to head out, I will often confess, Lord, it's been too long since I've opened my lips. It's time to praise your name. And I just begin as I'm driving to get to my spot, to go there and and enjoy the revolutionizing, transformative work that God will do in me if I will just open myself up before him and praise him. Praise the Lord, O my soul, Now he's saying coaching words in terms of positive affirmations about truths he has learned from the Lord himself. So he's made these positive affirmations, statements that he's put in songs, that he's memorized, that he rehearses, that he sings, that he tells himself, his praise will always be on my lips. Every time he sings this song, his praise will always be on my lips. And he probably singing it at the times when he doesn't feel like it. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Those are statements that I think he's saying and coaching himself in while he's not feeling it, so he can grab these positive affirmations to grab them and redirect him when he is in that grump slump. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I'm a leader of people. The hardest person that I have to lead is me. David was a leader of a nation. The hardest person that he had to lead was him. He's coaching the king when he's coaching himself. And he recognizes, even as he's stating these things, that it will affect people around him. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. If I can glory in the Lord while I'm afflicted, let them hear me glory in the Lord while I'm afflicted. Because if they hear me glory in the Lord while I'm afflicted, they will be able to, as they are afflicted, rejoice and glory in the Lord. The hardest person to lead is me. And if I will lead me, people around me will be influenced. The hardest person you have to lead is you. And if you will lead you, people around you will be influenced. I can't help but think of David sounding very much like the Apostle Paul. While David is afflicted, he recognizes that if he will rejoice, the afflicted around him will be encouraged. While Paul is in chains in prison, he says in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice, I will say it again. 
rejoice. And he's telling us these chains are circumstances that don't lock you up to misery. You can rejoice. Your whole life has been transformed by Jesus Christ. You need to hang on to and look at all of these benefits. The hardest person to lead is yourself. So, gratitude brings encouragement in difficult times, not just to others around you. <laughs> it, it starts inside of you. And it brings encouragement in difficult times. How do you choose to be grateful when you're not feeling joyful? Number one was practice coaching yourself. Number two is don't wait to express it. Don't wait to express it. So on the grump slump, every temptation is coming at you to please the grump, please the grump. Make the grump feel better. Go for the entertainment. Go for the comfort food. Go for something. Change something. You're grumpy. So treat yourself. Treat yourself. Be nice to yourself. Wrong approach. Self's the problem. Go to the Lord. You got to make yourself do the thing that you don't feel like doing. And if you go do that thing, you're going to express thanks before the Lord. He's going to change and shift things inside. Gratitude is a choice. We think gratitude is a feeling. We wait to be grateful, to feel grateful before we say thank you. How rude. How rude. Because God is the giver of perfect gifts. And he's constantly given us these perfect gifts. And we're waiting till we actually see them and feel them before we say anything. And we are really, really good at not seeing them in our selfish state, our fallen state. And we don't see them and we focus on the negativity and we focus on the bad stuff that's not coming from God. And so we don't feel it, so we don't say thank you. How rude. I mean... When you give gifts, a thank you is kind of a good thing. It's to be expected, doing good in response to the one who does good to you. Gratitude is not a feeling. It's a choice. By the way, husbands, I'm not speaking to you wives. I don't really know what it feels like to be a wife. Husbands, you start saying thank you for the things that you are so blessed by your wife before you feel like it, guess what? You'll begin to feel like it more often. They deserve more thanks than you might be in the habit of giving because you've gotten used to each other in a negative way. Say thank you to things that you haven't said thank you for in a long, long time. And start making it more, more regular, and it'll help you to begin to feel it. It's a choice. Let's be real, living in a fallen world often feels like a grind. I still run into people that are looking for the perfect job where they're 
job won't feel like work. You like dreaming. Okay, every job, even the perfect job, I mean the perfect job, every job, even the perfect job feels like a grind because a job is called work because it takes work, right? And you don't always feel like doing the grind work. And so we've got to figure out how to be grateful in the grind. Because our feelings say, I can't wait for it to get better. Then I will be grateful. I can't wait for it to get better. Then I can be happy. I can't wait for it to get... If you keep that up, you're going to can't wait for life to happen the way you envision it, and you'll never live. I can't wait till... Finally, our kids grow up and they don't need diapers anymore. Finally, they, will go, they, they go off to college and we can have a life again. Finally, you're going to just let it pass you by. No, be grateful in the middle of the grind. We're in a fallen world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We can choose to be of good cheer and be grateful in the grind. And it makes all of life sweet, even in the grind. Well, let's make it all of life sweeter in the grind. But if you focus on the sweetness, there's a joy there, a joy to be found there. And the science is saying people are happy when they start doing this. Good stuff. So, practice coaching yourself. Don't wait to express it. And point number three, rehearse his benefits. Rehearse his benefits. Back to Psalm 103, one and two. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Say it with me. Forget not all his benefits. David is directing us and directing his own soul to bless the Lord and remember his benefits. And he told himself in this psalm, benefit after benefit after benefit after benefit, to lead himself correctly so that he could influence others to do the same. Don't forget any of his benefits. And so... It's not merely in remembering them, so that's why I put rehearse his benefits, because if you only remember them and you don't speak them in praise, you're not going far enough. You have to rehearse them. In fact, here's what David did. He sang out the benefits. He memorized these benefits. He thought about these benefits. He spoke these benefits. He prayed these benefits, because psalms are not only worship songs, they're prayers. They're kind of his prayer journal. He's very real through his psalms. It's incredible. And they're great helps to teach us to be thankful and to worship no matter what we're experiencing. Forget not all his benefits. I love um, a lot of the writings of um, a counselor, former pastor, and prolific author by the name of Paul David Tripp. Um, he often uses this phrase, we're, we're called grace amnesiacs. We've received all this grace and we forget it. We act like we haven't received it. 
We act like we don't remember that it's all there. It's all there in the, uh, what God has done for us, what God is doing right now, what God will do in the future. We like, duh, we forget it. We're grace amnesiacs. We gotta stop that and remember all his benefits. So that's how you crank the gears of gratitude when you're in that uh, slump. And it's really tied, for me, tied to all of the pieces of the practice of getting the word of God and the revealed truths of God as part of your thinking and spending time in the word of God as you begin to... uh, crank out these, oh yeah, there's a benefit, oh yeah, there's a promise, oh yeah, there's a benefit, oh Lord, thank you for that benefit, interactive with the word of God, and thank you for that benefit. The list that David gives us is filled with these benefits. So I'm just gonna, um, we're not gonna read the rest of the psalm, I'll urge you to do that on your own, Psalm 103, but here's a short list of some of the benefits just to get us priming the pump. He gives us a list this way, forgiveness of sins, healing from diseases, redemption from the pit, God's love and compassion, his supply of satisfaction with good things. Renewal, which lifts us up like wings of an eagle. God's righteousness and justice, his compassion and his grace, his patience and abounding in love, his faithfulness to us and through the generations. And that's just a short list. But David, he is giving thanks for all these things. And is, he's slowly coming off the, the pit just by cranking the gears of gratitude. And it works for him so well that he's training us to work this also. Now, we're gonna just take a real quick turn into the New Testament, but it's on the same tracks. It's just these tracks get better and better and better. All David had to go with for his psalms was basically the Torah uh, or the Pentateuch. They're both the same. The first five books of the Bible, one's a Hebrew way of saying it, one's a Greek way of saying it. Those first five books was really what he based all his gratitude and who God is on, which he spent hours and hours meditating on. He has so little in comparison than we do. We have the whole fulfillment. We have Jesus. We have Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. We have resurrection power available to us in our lives. And we, by faith, can enter into that power. Just bring our crud and bring our weakness and just throw it upon the shoulders of God. And he carries our sins away. And he replaces all of that junk with the Holy Spirit filling us And the righteousness of Christ's character just transferring into us, albeit by increments, and we're still in a fallen world, and we won't be exactly like Jesus until we see him face to face. But that's glorious for us. We have such a huge advantage over David. To get at this a little bit, I want us to look at Colossians 2, 6 through 7. So then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, and how did we receive Christ Jesus as Lord? As a gift. We didn't have to earn that. It was by faith. We didn't have to fix ourselves first. We just looked to Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Yes, Lord, I want to be saved. Will you be my Savior? He absorbs all of our sin, all of our grumpiness, all of our messes, 
He takes it far away as far as the east is from the west. And then he fills us with resurrection power and with his spirit and with his character. And the fruit of the spirit begins to permeate into our lives as we're drawing near and near to his character. In reflection, we just begin to glow with his being in us. All right. Not you can see with your own eyes, but people around you notice something different about you. Something different about you from Thursday. What just happened? Well, I was grumpy. I just told you. Okay? It's very real. Turning to God. Going to the throne room of grace. Going boldly because of Jesus who gives us access. So let's crank the gears of gratitude. Shall we? What does this look like? Well, practice coaching yourself. Don't wait to express it. Rehearse his benefits. I'm going to ask you some questions now. What steps can you take to be more intentional about expressing gratitude? I've motivated you. What are you going to do? What steps can you take to be more intentional about expressing gratitude? What steps can you take to be more intentional about remembering all of God's benefits? Will you take a few minutes each day this week to reflect? To reflect on and write down one or two things you're grateful for? That'll just get you started. Will you take a few extra minutes preparing for your Thanksgiving celebration this Thursday? To include thanking God and sharing grateful thoughts, perhaps, to those around you? Let me just say, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for deciding to come. Some of you didn't feel like coming, you came. Thank you. Thank you for deciding to come and to learn more about thankfulness. Maybe you didn't even know that was going to be the topic today. Thank you if you decide, you know what, I want to hear the rest of these. Thank you if you decide, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take a step this week. I'm going to take a step today. I have been kind of negative. I have been kind of grumpy. I'm going to take some steps. I need this to be a practice. I need this to be a permeating practice that is the journey for me. I hope that you will. So before we go, I'm going to ask the prayer team to go to the, their area for prayer. If you have a prayer need today that's part of the circumstance that's making it hard, why not get prayer? That's great. And if that's a little intimidating to you, uh, or you can do both, fill out a prayer card. It looks like this. It's in the chair in front of you. And we'll be praying for you tomorrow. Okay? And also, if you're a guest today, uh, we'd love to have you fill out a, a Connect card card, or if you've been guest in the past and you haven't done that yet, we'd love for you, whenever you're ready, to fill out this Connect card, take it to the information table, and we'll give you a, a gift bag in exchange, and it has some information in it, and we'll hope that that'll help you process who we are and what kind of steps are available for you when you're ready. And uh, I think that brings me to the place where we're ready to be grateful. Let's pray together. Lord, we are grateful. We praise your name. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing right now in us. We thank you for what you will do, that there is light on the other side. We thank you that we can look to you no matter how down we are, 
how dark things are, how messed up we feel, that you are our hope. I pray that today would be the day of hope for somebody as they reach out to you, maybe for the first time. Lord Jesus, I need hope. And I realize I need you. I need forgiveness. Would you be my savior? It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. See you next week for part two.